Hello, friends. This is Pastor Aaron Case, and you and I are going to do a brief overview of Genesis chapter 16 through 18 together. But before we do, let's look at one truth from chapter 15 that should help us as we move forward together today. Uh, In chapter 15, God makes a covenant with Abraham, again, promising him that he will have seed, he will have an heir. And obviously, at this point, they had still had no children. And I don't know about you, but I imagine being in 80s, 90s, um, you're going to start to give up a little hope. And God knew that. God bore with them in amazing ways. He was very patient with Abraham and Sarah. And he pointed out that he was going to do this. He was going to give them an heir and to bless them. And so we, with that in mind, with that covenant in mind, we move to chapter 16, where we come to the drama of Sarah and Hagar. Sarai at this point, but I may call her Sarah regardless, so just bear with me. But interestingly enough, Sarai means my princess, which is what Jamie, my wife, asks that I call her often. So, uh, Sometimes if you hear me call her Sarah, it's just because, you know, whatever. Anyway, so Hagar was an Egyptian slave of Sarah, and so Sarah had a great idea. Since God just promised that we should have a kid, you know what we ought to do? I'm going to take this into my own hands. We ought to do something about it. Rather than trust him, does that sound familiar? Rather than trust God and his plans and what he has spoken to us, let's do something that will make this happen on our own. And so Hagar says to Abraham, or Abram again at this point, uh, why don't you take my slave woman, go into her, conceive, uh, she will conceive, and then I will finally have the child that I want. And so Abraham, he, he, uh, he balks at the idea at first, but then he gives in, goes in, and she does conceive, And she then, Hagar, supposedly looks over at Sarah with a look of pridefulness, and Sarah gets upset. And I don't know if you've ever heard of this, but in verse 5, Sarah pulls the old wife's witcheroo, and she gets mad at Abraham for what he had done, right? (laughs) Uh, You know, in, in a way, I agree with her. I like to kid around, but I do agree with her because Abraham should have said no. Abram at this point should have said no. He should have said, no, this is not what God had planned for us. And this is not the promise that he have had for us. So you need to trust him. But instead, he went along with it. And she was right. He was wrong. And so Sarah had so so great a contempt for Hagar. So uh, she became a jerk to her. She treated her like garbage. And so what does Hagar do? She flees. And God comes to her to comfort her. And he says, what are you doing? And she says, I'm running for my life. It's terrible there. God says, listen, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to take care of your son. But you need to go back. I'm going to take care of you. And so at the ripe old age of around 86, Hagar gives birth to her son, Ishmael. And that's what moves us in 
to chapter 17. And so in chapter 17, we see that Abraham now was 99 years old. 99 years old. Insane, right? And God says something to him that's very important. In fact, I want to read. I know you're going to read this today, or you might have already, but let's read the first eight verses just to see the beauty of what was about to happen here. When Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am God Almighty, walk before me and be blameless, that I may make my covenant between me and you and multiply you greatly. Abraham fell on his face. God said to him, Behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be the father of a multitude of nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be called Abraham. Thank goodness for me, right? Because I've been switching back and forth the whole time. (laughs) But I have made you a father of a multitude of nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make you into nations, and kings shall come from you, and I will establish my covenant between me and you, your offspring after you throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your offspring after you. And I will give to you and your offspring after you the land of your sojournings, all the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. So God says, here's the sign. This is what we're going to do. I'm going to give you the sign of circumcision. Every male who is over eight days old shall be circumcised. And so what was this? This was a sign of separation. This is a sign of those who were God's people would have this sign. And I know we talk about it in the New Testament, how the better sign, the better covenant has come. But this was a way to show that you and your house identified with Christ, the coming Christ, the promise of the King, the promise of God, to trust that He would save and provide a mediator to provide that Savior, and you would trust that God would do so. And so this is this is what happens. And so what does Abraham do? He goes back and he tells his guys, who I imagine were like, he said what, right? Um, but of course, he and his house and even the foreigners who are with him obey the Lord, even Ishmael, and they are all circumcised by because they want to identify with God and his promises. It's something that you and I should think of all the time. We should always identify with Christ, regardless of the cost. And so we see now as God's people, they're obeying what God has commanded. And then we move into the next part here. And God comes and says, through Abraham, right, all Christians will be born. This is why we sang the song. I think we sang it recently, Father Abraham, right? He is the father of our faith. God brought him out of nowhere, out of nothing, and created a people to which we are an heir of. We are just like Abraham. We were redeemed. God came to us. He loved us and blessed us. And so now, God changes Sarai's name to Sarah. Again, thank goodness for me. And said, I will bless you. And Abraham laughs to himself. Why? Because he's basically 100 and she's 90. And he says, well, what about Ishmael, Lord? You know, I know you're making this promise. Why don't we just do this through Ishmael? And he said, no, I'll take care of him, but Sarah will conceive. And that very day, Abraham obeyed 
And so then we move to chapter 18, where Abraham was at the Oaks of Mamre, or Mamre, and Mamre means manliness. So these were manly oaks. I don't know what makes them manly, but we'll just trust the word of the Lord, right? They're manly oaks, just big old dude-looking oaks. I don't know. And so the Lord appears to him, and he says, uh, he sees actually three men with him, excuse me, and Abraham says, all right, let me go do this. Let me go and get some water to wash your feet. Let me go get some food. Um, Let me prepare this, and let me be a blessing to you, because obviously Abraham knew that this was the Lord and that the servants of the Lord were with him, and so he wanted to take care of them, and so he hurries home. Sarah goes to work, starts kneading, making cakes. Get They get the water ready. Abraham goes and gets the calf and gets it prepared. He gets these curds. He does all of this and goes out there and prepares it, gives it to these men. And then the Lord asks, or excuse me, the men actually ask, where's your wife? Abraham says, Target. No, I'm just kidding. No, he says, you know, basically they're asking about Sarah and the Lord says, I will return next year. I'll I'll return here and Sarah shall have a son. And so Sarah was listening and she laughed. Why? Because she had went through the change, hot flashes and all, right? And now at her old age, the factory is going to be back open again. She's, she laughed. She thought that was funny, right? Because it was comical. Like this didn't happen. This kind of thing doesn't happen. And so the Lord says, why is she laughing? Of course, she denies it, which is a great idea. Obviously, denying what the Lord had just spoken, another great idea, right? And what does God say to him? He says, what is too hard for me? None of this is too hard for me. The Lord says, Abraham, this is what I'm about to do. He reaffirms his, and he reestablishes his commandment, his covenant between them. And gives him peace. And so as we close out chapter 18, what do we see here? We see that there's an outcry from Sodom. In other words, there is men of God from places, women of God from different places, lifting up their issue with Sodom and what is going on there and how wicked they are. And so Abraham intercedes on the half on behalf of Sodom, he says, if, Lord, if there's five bad out of 50, will you spare them, right? Remember this whole thing? And then he goes to 40, then he goes to 30. God's like, yes, I will spare them 20, and then 10. I won't destroy it if there's only 10. And so Abraham goes his way after interceding for this wicked place. And that's where I want to leave you today, my friends. If you and I would care about even the most vile sinner, if we would care about their salvation, if we would think about their relationship with Christ, how much more would our life change? Are we doing that? Is that who we are? Are we crying out to God for those who are wretched, those who are separated from Him, those who choose sin over Christ? Well, the thing we should be reminded of is, but by the grace of God, 
there would we go as well. So let's lift up those who need Christ today. Let's go and have a great day. Let's bring glory and honor to the one who is worthy. Amen. Thank you, church.